What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to Guest Friday on Not Your Average Boston Sports Podcast. I am your host, Garrett Hayden. As always, you can listen to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can follow our uh, social accounts on Twitter and on Facebook. Uh, today, very excited to welcome in uh, John Sexton. And uh, John is a long stick midfielder for the Redwoods lacrosse club um and they play in the premier lacrosse league uh john how's it going it's going great thank you for having me garrett it's great to see you and excited to be on the uh podcast i've been a long time listener so appreciate it good that, that's great to hear i love hearing that um really excited to to talk to you it's honestly been something i've been thinking about for a few months um really excited that the uh season is is right around the corner yeah, we're kicking off here in a day. So we got training camp coming up, uh, you know, a week test for the team. They bring 30 folks out, uh, cut the roster down to 25 and get it all the way shaved down to 19 for opening night uh, next Saturday. So a week from this upcoming Saturday, we kick things off in Albany against the Atlas Lacrosse Club. Yeah. So um, obviously, John and I have known each other for, for quite a while. Uh, went to LS together, went to... Uh, went to middle school, elementary school together. Um, so I'm curious about, um, lacrosse has obviously been a huge part of your life for a while. And my, my first question is at what point did you see yourself playing lacrosse professionally? At, at what point did you think that that was a, a possibility? You know, it, it really didn't strike me until, um, until I got to college and, and later into my college career, maybe, uh, you know, junior, junior year or thereabouts, I realized it might be a possibility. Um, was always kind of focused on the, the task at hand and kind of, you know, making that, making that leap to the next stage. So, um, you know, really didn't have too much time to think about it when I was in high school and, you know, coming out of Massachusetts, which isn't traditionally a, a massive lacrosse hotbed, although there is certainly a lot of really good lacrosse being played there. Um, you know, for me, it was, it was not necessarily on the radar for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and so another, another thing that I've been curious about is um, you obviously went through a bunch of different levels of lacrosse, whether it was club, uh, high school, Notre Dame. How did the coaching that you received at those different levels help you prepare to be where you are now as a professional, professional athlete? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question. I was, I was really fortunate to, to grow up, as, as Garrett mentioned, in the same town in Lincoln, Sudbury, which um, really is, is, you know, kind of a community lacrosse program. And it starts all the way uh, when you're in elementary school and, um, you know, they constantly surround you with good coaches. So whether it was in middle school with AJ Mulvey or Coach Salvador, uh, who really kind of geared me up to be a defender at that time, or uh, in high school with Brian Vanna, who's done a fantastic job, you know, not only creating a dynasty of winning championships in Lincoln Sudbury, but, uh, you know, some, some incredible young men coming out of that program. And he just does a great job of providing a holistic experience for all of those kids uh, alongside Tim Jason and all the other coaches they have at the high school. Um, you know, so that developmental kind of base that you get in Lincoln Sudbury, uh, that really kind of prepared me for the next level. Coach Vana, Coach Jason, Coach Salvador, um, you know, among many others, just kind of uh, slowly but surely, uh, you know, turn me from 
you know, more of a, an athlete to a lacrosse IQ player. Um, and that was, that was fantastic heading into Notre Dame because uh, Notre Dame, you know, with coach Byrne at, at the helm back when I was there, um, you know, defense is kind of what they've been known for and something that they've been a leader in the back for, for about, uh, you know, well over a decade at this point. Um, so, you know, having, having that kind of base going into that was enormous and gave me an opportunity to start playing um, early in my career there, which I was very fortunate for that opportunity. Um, and, you know, always, always felt the support of Coach Byrne and Coach Corrigan from a development standpoint. Um, you know, they were, they were very patient with me my freshman year, I'll say. A <laughs> uh, lot, of, lot of issues that started with me on that, that defense. Um, you know, and, and they kind of do a really good job of developing players over the course of their career, uh, mm -hmm. continuing to build up, build up their IQ, uh, you know, building better athletes in the weight room with, with one of the, you know, the most holistic uh, sports performance programs in the country, you know, stemming from having such a, a historic football team at the University of Notre Dame. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you get, you get access to a lot of uh, that beneficial upside when you're on the lacrosse team as well. So. I was I was really fortunate to have uh, great coaching at the high school level, great coaching at the college level, and then you know again world class coaching at the professional level now with Matt Saint Laurent for uh, the past three years, uh, going on four seasons now, um, alongside Chris Collins, Coach McFarlane. Uh, we've we've just been you know really really fortunate to have such a strong coaching staff, and uh, again you know folks that that really kind of value. Um, player IQ and, and kind of look to be uh, at the cutting edge of everything we're doing. Because um, frankly, that's something we take pride in is just being very intentional as a defense and, um, you know, preparing and preparing to win. Uh, you know, we think preparation is probably one of our biggest advantages over the other teams. It's just, you know, week in and week out, we have so many players with such strong lacrosse IQs that, um, you know, we, we feel like we step on the field knowing what our opponents are going to do or, you know, highly aware of, of what their their strategy is. So, um, again, you know, just been very fortunate not only to be surrounded by smart coaches, but smart players as well. Sure. So moving kind of into the professional thing, um, I kind of did a little research prior. Um, you were actually drafted to um, Major League Lacrosse team, the Dallas Rattlers. Um, mm -hmm. You were drafted in 2018. What what was that experience like getting drafted? Yeah, it was it was uh, it was exciting. You know, I I mean had had you know was aware that it was the draft night. Didn't really know too much going into it uh, where I'd end up going or, or any of that. So you know had had no real expectations going into the evening and ended up getting drafted to you know what I think was one of the strongest locker rooms in the MLL, mm. um, Dallas Rattlers. You know, coming out of Rochester originally. Uh, mm -hmm. that's a, that's a team with, you know, a lot of, a lot of history and a team with, um, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of grit and a lot of heart and, and that all starts in the locker room. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, a, I think they had played together, most of them for five plus years at that time. So it was really fortunate to be taken in under the wing of a lot of those guys, including, uh, a guy, Jack Neer, who I played with a year at Notre Dame. He was a senior when I was a freshman. So, uh, mm -hmm. it was a fantastic experience. It was really fortunate to be given the opportunity by the Rattlers and, you know, was fortunate to end up in such a strong locker room. Mm -hmm. um, one of the things that I was kind of curious about, obviously the major lacrosse merged with the premier lacrosse league a couple of years ago. Um, so I'm curious about the process of 
going from major league lacrosse and then going into the premier lacrosse league. Um, so if you could just kind of speak on that maybe a little bit. Yeah, no, happy to. So, um, you know, when, when the PLL was formed, when, when Mike and Paul ended up, uh, you know, making the jump and actually kind of starting the PLL, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, immediately all the, the kind of top tier talent for the most part from the MLL kind of shifted to the PLL. Um, I think that was kind of the biggest uh, momentum, uh, you know, advantage they had on their side was just that they were able to get a lot of those top tier players to jump to the PLL. Mm-hmm. Um, and then naturally anyone, you know, who's, who's competitive and wants to be playing around the best uh, made that jump as well. So, you know, that, that process kind of happened throughout the fall after that uh, 2018 MLL season. And they just did a really good job of, of getting a lot of good players over there. And when I just kind of saw the list of names that were, were heading to the PLO, it kind of felt like a no brainer. Um, you know, again, really appreciated the opportunity the Rattlers gave me in the MLL, but Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think Paul and, and Mike have done a, a fantastic job of advancing the sport with the PLL. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's clear that you can tell that they've done a tremendous job, you know, getting all this this talent, kind of bringing the league to where it is now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, things are 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 different going to the Premier Lacrosse League because it's a league that uh, travels around to different cities mm-hmm. each week, and it's not. Um, you know, you're not playing for a team that's set like in a specific city. So my next question is, what is it like traveling throughout an entire season and not kind of having like a home base? Like what is, what is that like? Cause it really is un- unprecedented. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a wrench, uh, you know, right. Uh, a good majority of the league actually you know, works jobs in the, uh, the side here. Right. So from Monday to Friday, when I'm not playing in the PLL, I'm working for transition equity partners, which is an energy private equity firm. So, um, really fortunate to have a supportive, uh, team at TEP that, that kind of lets me travel around on the weekends. And, um, you know, I think, uh, I think it's fun, right. You get to go and you get to kind of see all these cities over the course of the summer and engage with lacrosse fans all over the, the country. Um, but it also takes a toll on your body <laughs> every yeah. week's an away game. So, um, sure. you know, the, most of the guys in the league are, are fairly uh, used to it. And I'm, I'm kind of centrally located here in Chicago. So um, mm. it's, uh, it's, it's nice to, you know, not have too many full cross country flights like some other guys on the coast might have to experience. But, um, you know, it's, it's a burden for everyone, no matter where you are. Right. So um, mm-hmm. it's fun. It's a great opportunity. We get to, we get to see some, fantastic cities with some fantastic fans all over the course of the summer, but uh, it definitely takes a toll on you getting on the road every single week. Yeah. Oh yeah. I would imagine. Um, so one of the things that I was curious about, you know, looking at the the roster of the Redwoods, the, the team that you play for, there are quite a few guys that uh, you played with at, at Notre Dame on that roster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Does it make it, does it make it easier uh, playing with, a lot of guys that you're familiar with. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's truly, uh, you know, one of, one of the most rewarding parts about playing in the PLL has been playing with guys that, you know, some of which I've been playing with for eight years now, <laughs> which uh, is, is funny to think about, you know, but such a long history of playing with these guys. We're all, um, you know, very accustomed to everyone's play style and uh, everyone's very accustomed to the systems we're running. Um, and, and, you know, all the players who, who weren't, kind of sharing that Notre Dame lineage do a very good job of 
adapting to the system and adopting it. And, you know, we're not, we're not running necessarily a, a Notre Dame system. It's, it's the Redwoods. It's what coach Collins and coach Nat have, uh, have kind of cooked up. Right. But um, a lot of it kind of takes bits and pieces from, from that Notre Dame lineage. So there is, there is definitely an advantage to having so much kind of mutual DNA among uh, the defense in particular. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is so, it's so interesting because I was looking at it earlier and I was, you know, reading through the names and um, obviously when I worked at Irish sports daily, there are quite yeah. a few names that I recognize from uh, some games that I covered. So that was uh, yeah. a neat kind of neat to see that. Um, so talking more about this season um, and kind of preparing for this season, did you do anything different this off season as opposed to other off seasons to get ready for the, for the 2022 season? You know, I think, um, I think we're always kind of trying to get that edge in the off season, right? It's, it's not like, uh, it's not like your, your kind of traditional, you know, core four sports leagues where you have a long spring training or a long uh, training camp kind of heading into it, right? Mm-hmm. You, you've really got this week period as a team. Um, so, you know, it's always important that guys show up fully in shape, ready to go. So I always kind of try and pride myself on, on off season preparation. I think this year spent a lot of time on injury prevention. I've been kind of plagued by hamstring and groin injuries over the past couple seasons. Um, so, you know, spent a lot of time working uh, on injury prevention and, uh, you know, mobility, but also strength at a, a range of motion. So for me, that was kind of maybe the, the biggest differentiator, but, um, you know, I think, I think other than that, it's, it's all about kind of getting your lungs ready for, for uh, a tough training camp with the two days and then, you know, have to turn it around that next Saturday for your first game. So mm-hmm. got to show up ready to go. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, that is, um, you know, kind of a crazy schedule to kind of make sure that mm-hmm. you're ready um, in time for the season next weekend. So um, yeah. is there, is there a part of your game uh, this season that you would like to improve upon? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, I think, you know, continually trying to kind of develop my game over time. I think last, last year, it's no, uh, you know, no surprise to anyone that we were, we were kind of, I think, last in the league in terms of transition offense. So, um, you know, would love to, to participate in transition a bit more potentially. Um, you know, we, we do have the most efficient offense, right? So there is kind of that, that give and take, right? I don't want to ever take opportunities away from those guys because we have one of the most talented, one of the most uh, you know, smart with the ball, kind of responsible offenses in the league. They're converting a lot of their opportunities into goals. So, um, you know, myself, the other LSMs, the other short stick D-middies, we don't want to uh, hinder their ability to play their game. But, um, you know, that's certainly something I think everyone in the defensive midfield is thinking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also just kind of continuing to, to grow into, a, you know, kind of a vocal uh, role on the defense. I think um, all of us have have played in, in a similar system for so long. You know, I think this is going on now my ninth season of playing in a, you know, Notre Dame-esque defensive system. So um, just continuing to be more and more vocal and, and, you know, just elevating the level of our team defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's interesting that you mentioned the kind of the transition offense because I feel like the position that you play is very important for, you know, transitioning from defense to offense. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's at least... The, one of the things that I always pay attention to when I watch lacrosse is, you know, how are the long stick middies able to transition 
mm-hmm. to, to offense to, you know, take advantage of. Yeah. It's about how you kind of strike team. balance, you know, I mean, yeah, you, know, you definitely have to have the ability to be dangerous on the other end of the field, but mm-hmm. you don't want to be the guy who's, who's throwing a couple beach balls at the goalie and sending it back the other way. Right. right. So, um, you know, it's, it's about kind of, you know, taking advantage of the opportunities when they're there, but mm-hmm. never kind of forcing it. Right. Cause you've got a whole roster of guys on the other end of the ball who, who that's what they get paid to do is put the ball mm-hmm. in the back of the net. So, mm-hmm. You know, it's it's about kind of you know it's a delicate balance there of not not being overly aggressive, but also kind of knowing when you got to take advantage of a situation. Sure. Um, so you you mentioned going to the different cities and the and the fans, and um, I'm curious about is there is there a favorite is there like a favorite spot that you like going to each season or like a favorite city? Yeah, I mean, I, there's there's a lot of great cities that we go to. I got to say. Um, you know, I mean, for me, the easy check down is, is playing in Gillette has been, you know, some of the, the cooler experiences of my professional lacrosse career, just sure. obviously growing up watching the Patriots, everything they did in that stadium, kind of yeah. uh, attaining, you know, kind of the highest level of greatness as a team. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for me, that's that's been, you know, some of my most uh, uh, rewarding experiences through the PLL has been able to have the chance, you know, to, to play in, in Gillette Stadium and in front of the home crowd, in front of family, friends, and, and the like. So uh, I got to go with Gillette as the number one. <laughs> good. Well, good. That's great. Yeah. I mean, that's that's definitely that, that's definitely fair. You know, wanting to play in front of people that know you really well. That's really that's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things that I'm most curious about for the PLL as a league is um, there was a new media rights deal that they signed a couple of months ago so you guys are going to be playing games um, on ESPN and like the family of Mm -hmm. networks so um, how do you think that new deal is going to help in terms of exposure for for the league yeah you know I think I mean I think NBC did a really good job of elevating kind of the broadcast experience over the past couple years Um, but obviously this is this is kind of ESPN's uh, bread and butter they're the worldwide leader in sports right and uh, you know, kind of having having the PLL on such a, a well-known, well-regarded platform that's, you know, really kind of, I'd say, elevated a, a number of different sports um, is, is a powerful move by the, the Paul and, and Mike Rabel. I think um, they continue to do such a great job of getting additional exposure for the league, whether it's through uh, traditional platforms like ESPN or through social or other uh, kind of, you know, networks. So I think uh, I think ESPN is another you know incredible step in the right direction for the league to uh, continue to kind of you know grow its fan base and uh, you know try and try and put lacrosse on the map. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think anytime that there's um, you know sport that that goes to ESPN, you are more likely to get a lot more exposure because I think people just you know tend to tune to the station and be like, oh, you know, this is kind yeah. of. Um, so well, I kind of lost my train of thought there. Um, but I think, um, you know, of the, the games that I watched on NBC, I thought that they also did a great job. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, moving to ESPN, moving to um, a station that I think does a great job of showcasing the, the college game. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. obviously they have the... Uh, a championship weekend coming up, which is really mm-hmm. great. But I think being able to kind of see the progression from the college game to the pro game, I think is, is, is going to be great for the, for, for the PLL. Yeah. They, they really have become the home of lacrosse and 
you know, everyone grew up watching lacrosse on ESPNU, right? So that's that's been kind of a long time uh, place where people have gone to to consume their lacrosse on television. So um, I'm I'm really excited for it. Uh, I'm you know excited to see what what kind of uh, what they've got up their sleeve for the season. All right. Um, well, this was this was great, John. It was really great catching up and talking, yeah. talking some lax with you. Um, so you guys, thanks for having me, Gary. It was, it was a lot of fun catching up and great to see you. It's, uh, it's, it's always nice to be on the hometown podcast, especially when, uh, you're the one running it. So, uh, like Garrett said, it's crazy to think we've probably known each other for 20 years now. So, yeah. uh, really, really, uh, you know, excited to be a part of it. Yeah. So, uh, you can catch John and the Redwoods on a Saturday, June 4th, playing against the Atlas in Albany that, uh, their game is on ESPN, so you can catch them there. Um, John, it was great having you, and uh, good luck this season. We'll be, uh, we'll all be rooting for you. Thanks, Garrett. Much appreciated. All right, everyone. So we'll be back with you next week. Thanks for listening to Guest Friday this week.